Thursday. And welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. I am Anthony Totri. We got Eric Ruby back in the passenger seat today. We got DJ Jacob Franklin behind the Mac. Guys, if you're new to the PHNX Sun Devil Show, do us a favor. Hit that like button. Leave a five-star review. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube as well. Let us know in the comments what you enjoy about this podcast. And I know it's going to be that intro music that Jacob continues to have rolling because that shit. It's just, it's just different. It's just different, Eric. How you been the last couple days, man? It's been a, it's been a busy couple of days. It's always, always a shame when I don't have time to hop on the, the the pods. It's just your priorities, man. I get it. You don't love me. I get it. Quality over quantity. I'm going to let that just, (sighs) I'm going to just let that, that comment go. It's, it's quality over quantity. Is that what what it is? It's like, uh, it's like load management, Mm. right? You know, like with, with, I guess you can't use Kawhi Leonard this year, but like Joel Embiid, right? Like he's putting up 30 and 15 every night, but he's only playing every other game. did you just compare yourself to Joel Embiid? Yeah, on this, this show is Joel Embiid. The other podcast, it was a uh, Travis Hunter when I was producing oh, and talking. So wow. I'm just, I'm just checking off the sports. No, I've, I've been good, dude. Uh, I've been still checking in with the shows, like you uh, talking about the defensive starters the other day. Got me pumped up and fired no, I'm ready, up. And dude. I'm I have so a, ready. I have a feeling uh, we're gonna get a little angry today. Am I right about that? No, yeah. Like I'm, I'm. I woke up this morning as I do. In just you a usually blur. do wake up uh, in a blur in a blur okay i wake up confused i'm like who am i where am i uh but today it, it was a little bit less of a blur i understood who i was today i knew where i was i was in my bed uh but it was all good until i opened my phone and saw the notification that espn and the ncaa have announced uh, a new agreement a 920 million dollar eight-year agreement that's going to give the network exclusive rights to 40 championships, including Division I women's basketball tournament. Um, obviously, a sport continuing to grow. But initially, for me, my frustration when I saw that ESPN and the NCAA had agreed to such uh, such a deal, like it, it takes me back to just a, a point where we were at prior to the football season of just like pure anger almost of – the Pac-12 is ceasing to exist. Wait, what? The, <laughs> breaking news. Oh, man. The Pac-12 Wait, is ceasing it, to exist. They, they have Washington. They're in I the know. college football playoffs. They have U of A, which I guess, you know. The, the Two Heisman-level so, quarterbacks. Know. They had the Heisman winner. What, how could they? How could a conference with over 100 years of history and so many good teams, Poof. How, how could it just Poof. disappear like that? What do you mean it's not going to exist anymore? It's because egghead George Klyovkov. It's <laughs> um, a good way to put it. Didn't know what he was doing. And and that's that's the frustration that I have is, you know, you know there's money in sports, right? You know yeah. there is it is such a, a valuable business that will continue to grow. So when you see an eight-year agreement that totals nearly a, a billion dollars, and I get that it's with a, a TV network and the NCAA, I totally get that. But when you see that kind of money being tossed around and involved, um, in, in like this type of situation for me it's just like you couldn't have done anything like I get that it wasn't necessarily the NCAA's fault even though the NCAA isn't the greatest organization in the world like I feel like there was definitely a, a time and a place for the NCAA to kind of put their foot down or do something to get involved to ensure that that conference didn't die out and clearly it's not because there wasn't money. Yeah, there's there always should have been a market for it. And there was a market for the Pac-12 and their media rights deals. And then they got ahead of themselves and they said, we want more, we want more, we want more. To the point where eventually 
leadership and all of that kind of got ahead of themselves and put themselves in a position where, okay, we don't have a media rights deal. And it's not necessarily like an indictment on all of the schools because the schools, I'm sure, given the right opportunity with the right amount of money, would not want to get rid of the Pac-12. Yeah. But when it's a matter of now survival or non-survival and you're looking at Washington State and Oregon State and saying, what the hell are they going to do? everybody's going to jump ship. And, and it just kind of goes to show that like, yes, th the money is everywhere. Yes, maybe this deal specifically doesn't directly relate to the Pac-12 not getting a media rights deal. But it goes to show that if you have the right people having the right conversations in this market, there is no doubt that you should have been able to get something together. Yeah. Something. And they, they, had, they had nothing. They had the Apple TV Bullshit. deal that was based off of a subscriber package. It would have just been Pac-12 Network Part 2. It just yeah. it wouldn't have worked. And no school was buying it. And it's just, it, it's still very disappointing. I'm not even the type of person who's who's like in love with the the hundred years of tradition. And like, I'm and not, you don't have to be. Right, I like, feel like. I, I'm not necessarily sitting here like, oh my God, like we're losing... We're losing a conference from like the 80s and like the 90s. It's just like, to me, like the history is a history and you can appreciate it. But when you separate it and you just talk about the now and you talk about in every single sport, every single sport, one of the best teams in that sport is hailing from this conference. Yeah. Like even the smaller sports as well. So the fact that you have all of that at your disposal, you have a, a West Coast market, you can dominate it and, and they should have been. And now they're not going to be able to. And I don't think the moves, the Big 12 and the Big 10, like I don't think those are going to be bad for the individual schools. No, that, I think they'll be fine. That, that went there. But when, you, when you're starting to really let it sink in, because we've been talking about it the whole season. It's, all, it's the last season. Oh, it's the last time USC and ASU are going to play each other for however many years until they schedule a non-conference game together. Like it didn't really hit until now you're in the offseason and you're like, that's oh it. yeah, like that That's that it. shit's not happening anymore. And you don't have to be in love with the 100 years of tradition no. kind of like you said. Literally, you could focus to this last year as it relates to college football. And, and it's something that I touched on in, in like a, a different video, right? But you've got the Washington Huskies, a yeah. win away from being national champions, right? They're on a national stage with Michael Penix Jr., a quarterback that was second in Heisman voting. You've got Bo Nix and the Oregon Ducks, kind of same scenario with, with Bo Nix having a phenomenal year in the Heisman conversation, and the Ducks and Dan Lanning look like they're going to be a CFP team for a while to go. Oh, right? yeah. You have what Oregon State was able to accomplish aside from that bull game, right? Jonathan Smith obviously being a, a high-level coach that other programs wanted to poach. You've got USC, UCLA, who faltered this season but won their bowl games, right? You have Dion, Coach Prime Sanders, which say what you want about him, and trust me, I have, like— he had the entire country watching college football. Sports person of the year. My goodness. Just abs just absurd to me. <laughs> right? But still, like, you don't have to be in love with 100 years of tradition. No. You can watch 2023 alone and be like, damn, this was all in one conference? The Pac-12 was the best college football conference this season, in my mind. They might have the champion. Like they and might, it won't they might exist. have a champion. It's it's ceasing to exist because George so big, is gone. Does the Big Ten claim that championship then? No, no, no. they can't. But do they eventually? Try? Eventually, they try? eventually, when they're talking, the Big Twelve has X amount of champions. Yeah, yeah. I mean they'll take it. But this this championship will belong to the Pac-12 if they take it. You know, it's actually an interesting if question, they do Michigan, because. The school, of course, boast it. If they if they win, you have to. You just won the fucking college football playoffs. Like, 
but you'll say, oh, we have all these schools who are the champions, right? Like now you're going to claim it. they'll, They'll claim it, but everybody will know. And I think that'll actually be like a really big talking point when you talk about this season in college football, if Washington is able to actually pull it off, which I mean, they have a good chance to do. You're going to be like, wow, the Pac-12 went out with a champion. That's such a good question. That is such a good question. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll claim it. The, the question is 10, 15, 20 years from now, how will the public view it? And how will the Pac-12 be remembered? Because right now we're sitting here talking about, you know, 100 years of history or this year specifically. If Washington doesn't win it this year, like the Pac-12 will fade away into obscurity. Like that's just what's I mean, it going will, to happen. Even if they win, it yeah, will even if they fair. win the chip. That's fair. I don't know. I I think, I think the Pac-12 claims it. But again, like, what is the Pac-12 going to become after this? Right? Yes, Nothing. you are right. The, the big, Pac-2. Well, no. In, in terms of like, they will eventually evolve. They will eventually adapt and grow, and they'll get the Mountain West schools, and that will be a whole situation in and of itself. But I think the pack lays claim to that championship. But kind of moving forward with that, eventually the Big Ten will be like, yeah, this championship. The Washington won the chip, then they moved over to the Big Ten. Whatever, we're going to count that. Ralph, Ralph in the chat thinks they will. Um, he says, my question is whether any of the $6 million plus share for Washington making the championship Ooh. goes to ASU because of the Oregon State and Wazoo lawsuit. Yeah, because you get money for that. The conference gets money yeah. for these teams going into, I believe, the CFP and the championship. Um, they pro- that's valid. That's I don't know because technically it is Pac-12 and the do you think they court, deserve it? How the about court, that? Well, the court ruled that that the sole people who can make decisions on behalf Oregon of the Pac-12 State going forward Washington is Oregon State, State and Washington State. Um, honestly, at this point, I feel bad for them. They can have all of it. Like, you feel they, bad I'll, for them enough for, to for, give for, them for, that kind of money? I'm not passing up half a million dollars. <laughs> no, for what? For what? A university? No. Yeah, I mean, I of course ASU would take it and should take it if they can. But I guess legally, if they if they can't, like I I don't know. This is all stuff that like I'm not knee deep in the legal documents. Well, we'll see. Yet. We'll see. Um, oh yeah, you're gonna get knee deep in legal. Documents. Oh, you know that's what I do on the weekends. They need you to renovate. Really they need to renovate DFA. Life. Huh? They need to renovate DFA. Take the money. Oh, we'll get need, there. Oh, we'll get there. Oh, DFA. we'll get there. That, that's going to get me fired up later. I know it absolutely is. That's why I started with sunglasses on, to be honest with you. <laughs> we also have a Danny in the chat saying he wants Washington to win so that ASU still has the right to say we're the last team to beat them. No other reason at all. That is fair. I'm sure you will see a tweet from Anthony Totry if Washington goes on to win that says Trent Borgay is the last quarterback to beat Michael Penix hey, Jr. and Washington Huskies. It's the truth. You are a, you're a fact reporter. That's that all is I do. who you are. You I just spit facts, reporter. man. I just spit facts. Okay, That's can you spit some more facts for me? I want to look at this kind of deal for college football on a little bit of a broader basis before we move on. The right? deal for college football? For, just for, in for, terms for, of as friends for the NCAA. The NCAA. The NCAA. The NCAA. I mean, right. it continues what they're doing in terms of business. Is and, it a bad thing for college sports? That's, I think that's, the my, NCAA that's my main is question. A, I don't think this deal is bad for college sports. I think the NCAA is bad for college sports. And I think the NCAA is bad for college athletes. Because for how long now has the NCAA decided to flip the bird to X number of athletes every single year for various reasons, right? You specifically look at the scenario, and it doesn't necessarily focus on the money side of things. But I just think the entire transfer portal situation that has occurred over the last month with the NCAA and that going to court ruling that some of these athletes 
you know, are able to be eligible for the time being and that moving forward, they can transfer as many times as they want for X different reasons, right? Like that whole scenario as it relates to ASU specifically, when you see what went on with Adam Miller, you look at the football team with Jake Smith and Xavier Alford missing the entire season because their NCAA waivers weren't cleared and they had legitimate reasons. The same thing with Ace Wolf on the basketball team, right? You have a legitimate reason and you have to miss 10 games or nine games of the season all because of why? Like literally, it's all semant- it's all semantics. It's the same thing with uh, I think Tez Walker is his name. Yeah, uh, at North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina. Who had it had the only reason why he moved schools was to be closer to his family, who was going through some very hard times, and he wanted to be closer to them. Only reason he transferred, and he had redshirted before all of that, and it took half of a season for the NCAA to get their heads out of their own asses. So yes, I agree. The NCAA it's bad for for college sports, but they're not they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere anytime soon. I want them to this you still this, have to have a governing body i mean the governing body can't well, you do Anthony you do Totri. have to have a governing body but like you also like and i get it's a business that's where like it's a tricky side of things right but like it just feels like for the longest time the ncaa has said we're here for the athletes we're here for the athletes we're here for the athletes and what have they done to show like legitimately that they are here for the athletes up until how many years ago was these players getting paid an issue right and if the ncaa was truly for their athletes and not for lining their pockets with money, then they would have taken this to the courts years and years and years ago, right? Because how long these athletes have been getting paid. If you are somebody that believes that college athletes just started getting paid four to five years ago, I'm here to tell you that you're you're drunk because that's that's not been the case. They've been getting paid for quite some time now. It's just been all under wraps. And the same thing, certain universities have been playing or paying their players. The big ones have the most money. Why do you think that they are always good in getting the best athletes time and time again? Not just because they win championships, but it's because they can pay their players. You just weren't allowed to get caught, okay? If the NCAA was actually about it, if they were actually about sticking up for these athletes, then this system would have been something that was in place 20, 30 years ago. But I've, I've moved my expectations off of that. Like, in an ideal world, should the NCAA take care of the athletes and look after the athletes and all of that? Yeah, of course. But they only look at them as dollar signs because they bring them money. So that's the only reason why they invest in the athletes. But overall, I think that this deal, especially for, for college women's basketball, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, to be completely honest, it's amazing for the sport, especially at a time right now where it's like it's really bubbling up. And Caitlin Clark just being at the top yeah. of that. That buzzer beater the other day. Did you hear the net? No, I didn't. I just oh. heard people complaining on social media that she didn't get off. Okay, time. that's a fair complaint. I choose to the, just the appreciate it. The biggest complaint it. I saw was the foul call before. See, because they called it a shooting foul, and she was she pump faked and moved to her left, got hit, and they called it a shooting. See, but that's foul. that's basketball. That's on every level. There are fouls that are called shooting fouls that aren't that they're not actually in the act of shooting. That's just kind of assumed. Please, 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 after this show, Totri, go watch the highlight and listen to the sound the net makes. When she hits that, quote, game-winning three, it's insane. But that's besides the point. What I'm saying is, like, women's women's basketball in general, but specifically college women's basketball, is going to be such a huge money driver in yeah. the next couple of years. And the fact that they're actually going to, like, invest in them, and we should hopefully not see these, these tweets during the women's tournament that's like, look at the facilities that they give us versus the facilities they give the men. Look at the disparity. Like, I'm glad that that was such a big part of, 
no, you're right. of That's this bad. deal. So like that that part of it, I'm happy about. But the monopoly side of it, where ESPN now has its hands in everything college athletics related, it's part of the reason why the Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. Is the fact that these big networks are getting their hands in everywhere and wanting them to just go to the biggest conference. It's a little bit concerning, but it's also at the end of the day, you just got to throw your hands up and say it is what it is because that's it. Like, but can you can can we continue that for how much longer? I mean, for how much longer? It's not a matter of can; it's a matter of will, and it will happen until they they. Until what, though? Like, until they what, collapse what? in on themselves, which might take another 20, 30 years. Like, the infrastructure is built there. Like, the NCAA is not going anywhere. It's just, it's not. Until the money dries up, and right now they're the only place that's getting the money for it, nothing's going to happen to it. Nobody's going to come out as a competitor. And you see how long these deals are. Yeah. These deals are Because they so know that nothing's going to happen. They've put themselves in a position. ESPN has put themselves in a position to, to basically not be fucked with with this. The NCAA is the same way. They're the same way. They know they can't be fucked with. Like, it sucks. You don't like it. It's not great for college sports. Like, it doesn't bring more positives than negatives. But it just, it is the way that it is. And it sucks, but it is the way that it is. Like, there's no other way around it. So, at least... It's highlighting things that needs to be highlighted in this deal, but it, it all comes back to who's actually running the show and are they competent? And that's the reason why ASU is going to be in the Big 12 next year because these people at the top of the NCAA were at least competent enough to get this deal together and to get one that actually values their athletics at a high level. The Pac-12 was on the exact opposite end of that, which just shows how inept Klyovkov was. Yeah, I mean, look, Arizona State... And some of these other schools, we're, we're, it's it's tough to be like this decision and this move to the Big 12 doesn't happen if blank, right? But you look at kind of what started this whole thing. And I know Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC was like really one of the, the first steps in this whole process. But for me, like it didn't hit close to home until you saw the news that the LA schools were yeah, jumping in that, the that was that was the moment that was in reality the moment that you knew regardless the big the the Big Ten and the Big 12 would eat these other schools up because the Pac-12 couldn't replace the revenue the TV revenue that they were losing with the LA schools regardless of the product that UCLA and USC put out on the court or on the field um, they're always going to have fans they're always going to have people in those markets that tune in to watch because it's USC, because it's UCLA. And you talk about that rich history. You talk about the alumni that went there and you talk about just the the surrounding environment, right? Where people are constantly going to be attracted to whatever is in a major city, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And that's, I mean, that's kind of really ultimately what led to other schools bouncing to the Big Ten, the Big 12. Yes, a lot of it's on George, right? Because as the commissioner of this conference, it is entirely up to you to set the tone and get things done, right? So at least get ahead of it. I mean, all reports are basically saying he just, he didn't have a single offer legitimately on the table when the clock was ticking. Like, they knew this was going to happen. This was not like a surprise. It was like, what? This a is, media rights this deal. This is interesting. Of, of the two of them, who do you put more blame on, George or Larry? Oh, I mean, like, Larry set the table real shittily, and then Klyovkov just came in and pulled everything off of it. Like, they both deserve, I believe, probably equal blame. I mean— But Larry Scott was first, so maybe more. Larry's Larry's the mad scientist that thought he was building Frankenstein and just built a trash can. 
Um, and I feel like George Klyovkov was the guy that's like, no, dude, we can fix this. And then just threw more trash into the trash can. Like it, it was, they neither one of them are good. And I think they're both at fault. But I think when you, you really look at to how this whole thing got to where it's at, obviously most recently people are going to tie it to George. But if you know anything about the Pac-12 and Pac-12 network specifically, then you know Larry Scott well, is just... The people in our poll apparently know the history of the Pac-12. 75% of people that have voted on the poll that I put in the chat earlier in the show said Larry Scott deserves more And that's play. valid. I mean, here, here's how you can put it in non-sports terms, right? If a building burned down, mm-hmm. okay? Somebody came in, they started the fire. Is the Pac-12 the building? Right, the Pac-12 is the building, okay? okay? Somebody came in and they lit a match... And they sparked up a fire and it started to burn. And then a second person came in and was like, oh, let me pour water on it. But instead of grabbing water, they grabbed gasoline and Mm. threw that on the fire. Mm. That's what happened in the Pac-12. Okay. Larry Scott blame, set that fire, you right? You can just blame to be clear. whoever you want. You can blame Larry Scott for starting the fucking fire, or you can blame the person who came in and instead of putting water on the fire, put some gasoline on it and just made it burn to the ground. Like that that's what happened. They're like not the Pac-12 does not get to its demise without both of them being incompetent. And that's exactly what happened. This, like, yes, Larry Scott messed up. Like, yes, the Pac-12 messed up. He by more than taking, messed up. Like by not taking that media rights deal before and by getting greedy, like absolutely. And not just the media rights stuff, but a lot of other stuff as far as spending goes and private offices and everything like that that put the Pac-12 in such a terrible situation. When somebody new comes in and they don't fix any of the problems and they just make it worse, I don't think it's a 75-25 split, man. Like, I'm closer to 50-50 because they both they both did this. Larry Scott said no to Texas and Oklahoma. See, that's so stupid. Yeah, I just that's don't so know. Like, what, are we, what are we talking about right now if he doesn't say no? If he doesn't say no? Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking we're, about teams coming to the Pac-12, yeah, we're, Yeah, leaving. exactly. We're talking about the teams that are coming to the Pac-12 next year because the Big 12 is dissolving. That, and that's and that's in reality if george wanted to try and fix this that was always the move the moment that those two schools in la left your only decision is to go try and poach the next best two from the big 12 and then you're probably saying okay we don't necessarily have the money right now in our tv deal to go get four big 12 schools let's go get the next best two in the mountain west so you're pulling san diego state and somebody else maybe boise state right and then on the flip side of that coin you're talking about the pac-12 adding what what two schools are you pulling kansas and who else are in baylor maybe or houston i mean but think about that if you're able to pull texas oklahoma kansas like yeah we're just talking about in, the big 12 as the pac 12 right you're, you're just That's what you're, we're rever- doing. you're reversing what happened and your mark who's the the commissioner of the big 12 has a brain oh yeah and understands has forward thinking right george i i don't know what george is doing i was neither does george i was at yeah especially with a name like george too i just it's feel tough. like that That's that tough. fucking sucks it's sorry tough. if your name is george but if your name like it's just like uh it makes sense it's like, oh, George did it. You know? You just pat him like, I don't expect on, George, George. I don't expect George to be George like and out Larry. There. Yeah. George and George Larry. George and fucking Larry, That's dude. That's shitty comedy from the 2000s, oh, bro. Oh, yeah. Those are guys. George and Larry. You, you're at the bar telling a story about the time that George and Larry fucked you over, right? And, and it's a lot those of names. Are. Those names are are on brand you've, you've seen impractical jokers before right you've seen the the one dude that's not a show yeah constantly yelling for larry it's larry scott that's the one he's yelling for and he's yelling to fucking give him 
his two cents about the entire Pac-12 dissolving. And this isn't like, and to be honest, I know we're like kind of joking here about people going to a bar and talking about Larry and George fucking them over. But like at the same time, there are people who work for the Pac-12. There are human beings who are losing employment because these two dipshits did not get it together. Like that's, that is a cold hard fact. There are people who will no longer have a job and have to go find a new one because they couldn't just sit there and think, maybe let's be smart about this. And you look at the Big 12, like what that shows me is that that conference could have been anybody. The roles could have easily been reversed if you were forward thinking and you were actually on top of it. But instead, not only were you not doing that, but you were actively pissing on the conference that you were running. Yeah, I don't know how you say no to Texas and Oklahoma. I, I really have no idea. Those are not, they're not small schools, and they're not. I just don't like, get it, dude. I don't. I don't. It, it makes my brain hurt to think that that opportunity was just kind of like swept under the rug, and like they didn't take it seriously. And I think honestly, well, that's the reason that USC and UCLA left. No, yeah, but yeah. you. I, but we're talking about such a different scenario because Texas and Oklahoma fit the Pac-12 mold far more than they fit the SEC. So we're talking about your the way that Washington and Oregon and SC and UCLA are usually competitive with one another, right? As those four schools, you're talking about two more schools that you're adding that are just as competitive, slightly more so, obviously than the LA schools, but fit that Washington Oregon range way more. You're talking about like level competition coming to the conference as opposed to those two schools going to the SEC where everyone feels like they're just going to get dog walked every season. Well, if you look at things differently, right? And obviously if things were different, they'd be different. But if Oklahoma and Texas were coming to the Pac-12, let's just say next year, right? Like let's say like the timeline got moved back. They didn't decide to leave until this upcoming year. Okay. Two bowl games. U of A, Oklahoma, Texas, Washington. That would have been the start of two new rivalries in the yeah. Pac-12. Yeah, like it's it, it's it's really frustrating to see something that was so good and that can be so good just get run so poorly and run itself to the ground. And that's why I appreciate the people over at Some Burrows. Beautiful, because they be running things amazingly over there. They're family owned. They don't have any Georgia operated. Larrys over there. They have no Georgia Larrys over at Some Burrows. And if they do, I'm sure they're way better than the ones who are running the Pac-12. Listen. Sombrero's was voted Arizona's most loved Mexican restaurant, and I can tell you from experience, born and raised here, you want like the nice balance of, you know, quick and easy, but delicious and authentic Mexican food, you want to go to Sombrero's. You can try their popular Fiesta platter loaded with mouth-watering red and green chili beef mini chimmies. Okay, I'm getting hungry. Homemade taquitos, chips, guac, their famous hot sauce. They got all the accoutrements that you need with any of your Mexican food. Plus, I like to tell this story. I did it last time we talked about Sombrero's. I had a friend in high school who worked at Sombrero's, and this is a very big testament for a restaurant. When somebody eats there religiously, before, during, and after their time working there. And I can tell you for a fact that before, during, and after they ate there. Okay. And when that's respect. I've I've worked at I've worked at restaurants, man. I've seen stuff behind the scenes. Not some burrows. I've not worked at some burrows, but I don't eat at a couple places now because I I've seen how they operate. And I won't name them, but that like that is a huge, huge, huge like green flag for a restaurant is somebody working there and continuing to be obsessed with them. Come check out their newest locations in Goodyear, Peoria, and I-17 and Joe Max, or visit someburrows.com to find one near you. Let some burrows cater your next meal, big or small, order online or find one near you again that's someburrows.com when you eat 
do you have like what do you do when you eat? Are you somebody that's watching TV? Okay, smart ass. You when asked, you, you eat, you chew. Come on, dude. <laughs> when you are eating, yeah. Or do you like what activity are you? Are you watching TV? Yeah, are you I, I got to watch something. You're watching TV. I got, I got, I watch some TV, watch some sports, you know, maybe yeah. like check in and like see, okay, what like this parlay that I put down exactly. earlier in the day, no, like how's that doing? doing? Like that's just catch just some time to catch up some me time, especially you know? dinner. I'm big, like early dinner. I'll go get like some burros, illegal peach, whatever. I'll sit at my kitchen table. Usually we're talking 430, the NBA games for that evening start around 510 so for me pull out my phone open the bet mgm sportsbook app that's right and i'm already signed up on that app but if you're not they've still got a phenomenal offer for you guys that you got to take advantage of it's super super easy to get started just download the bet mgm sportsbook app on ios or android or visit betmgm.com sign up and deposit at least ten dollars into your bet mgm sportsbook account place your first wager and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if that bet loses now if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled eric yes you're on the sun show from time to time yeah how do you feel about the phoenix suns right now and betting <laughs> how much time do we have? how do you feel about betting on uh, the phoenix you know what right to now? be honest with you it's really hard to bet on the phoenix suns right now. yeah it's it's actually extremely difficult you all the hosts uh you could check their betting records Not for the great. season uh let's just say they're less than ideal and it's hard because so many different players are getting different roles and time and fluctuating so like usually if the suns are playing i'm gonna be honest with you i'm i'm looking at numbers for their opposing teams okay because usually the sun's defense is not limiting teams to under 110 points 115 points so usually some opposing players are going to hit 25 plus Th- that's what i'm looking at when i'm looking at suns games because like Devin Booker had a cold streak, then he had a hot streak. Like Bradley Beal was coming back, he had low points, now high points. It's like who's injured, who's not. Yeah. It's it's hard on the Sun side. It's fair. It's fair. Look, if you want to bet again, use Bet MGM Sportsbook app. Maybe check out Damon Dog's bets oh, on the PHNX Daily Bet right Show because uh, he always Bo almost took his job. He oh Bo almost took his job. Man, that's that's real tough for Damon. But let's see if he can get back on track again. Check out the PHNX Daily Bet Show again. That deal on the BetMGM Sportsbook app. Sign up for BetMGM. Use that bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. And if that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. Check out the show notes for full details. And Allison Shane. Talk about the disclaimer. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF, Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. As Espo would say. Get stuffed. Ontario. Is that what you stole it from us? Oh, yeah, 100%. Plagiarism. Wow. Yeah, that's plagiarism. crazy. I appreciate you acknowledging yeah, not, that. I'm though. not going to deny that. That's no. totally valid. Look, while we're talking about, I mean, we might as well co- continue the discussion on people screwing things up, <laughs> right? And so that brings it is me, an ASU that, that brings podcast. me <laughs> to our Arizona State basketball conversation oh. for the day because Bobby Hurley, he had a press conference the other day, obviously asked about the team. Asked about kind of the state of the program as well. Arizona State, they're back in action tonight playing Utah late 9 p.m. tip. That is what it is. But as it relates to Arizona State basketball, kind of aside from the team, I feel like the heavy conversation surrounding the Sun Devils is either NIL or it's DFA. And Bobby Hurley, he answered a question in regards to 
which of the two, I guess, is is most important or how he feels about NIL and its importance versus kind of renovations at DFA. Mm-hmm. And this is what Bobby Hurley had to say about it. Yes, it's it's the most, for this program. It, it is it is the most important thing. Forget about DFA, and you know, I, I would love for it to be better for our fans and stuff down the road. That's that's a dream, you know, to to have a facility that that uh, you know a new you know beautiful facility. But number one on the list is 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 fundraising and convincing people to to donate to uh, to NIL. I disagree, dude. I disagree. Like, look. I <laughs> oh the sunglasses. Came I just off. can't. Wow. Dude. I just can't do it anymore. DFA, Mm-mm. it's bad. Mm-mm. It's not it, dude. It's not it as a basketball arena. And if I'm somebody, if I'm a like, if I'm eventually touring Arizona State, right? If I am a potential commit, potential recruit, I play basketball at a really high level, right? And I'm visiting DFA. I don't want to play basketball. I don't want that to be my home arena. I don't want that to be the place that my four years of college basketball are at. I don't want that to be my college basketball experience because it is horseshit. It is a horrible arena. It is needed renovations for some time now. When you are canceling games because of pipes, right? And you like... It blows my mind that we're at this point in 2024, the year of our Lord, and we still can't get renovations at Desert Financial Arena. It, it blows my mind that a Division One program plays home basketball games at DFA. Now, you wanted a quick like solution to this. When Mullet Arena was built, there should have been some sort of conversation about Arizona State basketball playing their basketball games at Mullet Arena, because you could sell that out, and even if it was temporary, right, you could at least demolish DFA and get that thing off of University or whatever fucking street it's on, right? Like that's how they should have approached it. But I'm t- I'm so tired of us constantly sweeping it and pushing it along, kicking kicking the can down the road of oh we'll get to DFA, the renovations will get there. NIL is most important. You could pay the players as much money as you want, but if they hate where they're playing, then it doesn't matter. You gotta have facilities that meet the requirements that some of these players want to play in. There are high school basketball gyms across the nation that, in my personal opinion, outperform DFA. I don't know if you paid me enough, I'd play DFA. I think, and I think that's that's kind of my point as well, Jacob. I don't totally disagree with you, Totri. And Donald's not in the chat, so I can play devil's the advocate. The lights are bright. I gotta put these. Um, listen, I, I'm all for renovating DFA. I've been there. I've covered games there. I've actually played on the court uh, for an intramural championship. So very high stakes. Did you win? Uh, we actually did win. Yeah. Oh, congratulations. Um, but <sighs> listen, man. With NIL and with players and stuff, there's so much that you can sell about ASU and Tempe and the experience and the outside of like the actual basketball life that if you pair that with a bag and then later make renovations to DFA. No, but we keep like, saying later. No, When's agree. later? Listen, listen. When's later, I Eric? It. I get it. I Ask get Michael it. Michael Crow. I can, Let I me can just fucking that. call him up. Yeah. Let me see what he's got to say. I, I'm sure Michael Crow would love to come on this show. Um, listen, I, I am all for. I am all for renovating DFA. It, it needs it. Like it, 
honestly at some points like i'm sure that like it's not the safest place to to, to play either the court is old like and it's it's used pretty heavily as well but also look there can't be concerts there unless they're an asu funded concert that kids get into for free like it's not a destination for anything else which means it's also not a money maker like it doesn't make sense to keep it the way that it is and not put some money into it but at the end of the day if we're talking about what's going to make this basketball program better listen upgrading your facilities to get to the point of maybe the bottom half of the big 12 schools is not going to be what convinces kids to come play for asu it's going to be tempe and it's going to be the other players on the team and it's going to be the money you give them and everything else is extra and does that extra matter and does it make the difference between being a mediocre and a great basketball team absolutely but there are so many steps that this program has to take to get there like i i am more worried about in every single sport getting the proper nil funding because at the end of the day the players are the ones that make this shit work and the players they want money okay if i put myself in a player's shoes and i say i have asu here offering me 50 percent more than another school and I'm going to get equal playing time, but said B school is has better facilities. I'm still going to ASU. It's still a, a university that's rather large. It's still power five. Okay, it's going to be in a big basketball conference. And I'm going to get a bag. Let's say which, it's which arena is 20 years older in the Big 12 than DFA. Is it uh the where the Jayhawks play? It is Fog Allen. Yeah, nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, so that's but, but still, they've renovated. But they've renovated. Still, it's one of the the craziest places. I don't think much. It's one of the craziest no, environments no in college way. basketball. That's what I'm saying. So if ASU, let's say you've got two offers, Arizona State, Kansas. Arizona State is willing to pay you fifty percent more than Kansas is willing to pay you. That's an unfair. That's an unfair comparison because Kansas as a basketball program is a blue blood. You can't. You, you can't. Okay. Like, hey, what's ASU's record facilities? against them in the last five years? All right. Listen, enough. I get it. Listen, I they're was going to be playing in the same well. conference. So they're okay. They're renovating Allen, it this year. They're renovating it this year. Like it, it. And but also when you have an arena that actually has history to it, that has like, hey, these moments happened here. This success happened here. You can also get away with that a little bit more. But it, it's. It's hard. They Not both. The pipes are bursting. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> they, it both. They both of them needs to happen. Okay. Like nil needs to be bought up, and and DFA needs to be made better, and that needs to be happening as soon as happening as soon as possible. Bobby's but, playing a game, right? But so so here, Bobby's playing. Is a he game. winning or so, is he so, losing? So he's been barking up the tree for the arena for the last like six years, and whether or not Michael Crow wants to give it to him is another story. Bobby's barked up that tree. About as much as he can. So what else do you expect him to say? Like, you can only bark up the trees so much before you're like, well, I got to at least acknowledge some of the other things. I don't know, man. When you need, if you have a car and it doesn't have wheels or an engine, which one's more important? Are you equating like the engine to nil i'm i'm you can say either or Uh, this is the second analogy of the day where both matter like your car's not driving without wheels and your car's not driving without an engine and if you don't have both of them you're screwed (laughs) you're screwed yeah but you don't need both to go in a car's world you do but not in basketball okay if you if you if you renovate dfa let's say that's the engine right you renovate dfa renovate renovating dfa is let's, the engine. let's say let's just say for your sake because you think that's the most important and technically i would believe the engine is more important right yeah and you don't have wheels uh-huh you can't drive still without it going 
and going one mile per hour. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But if I have wheels and no engine. You can have a night. You can have the nicest car in the world. Yeah, but that's the thing. That's my point. That's my point. Is you can have the nicest car in the world with an engine, and somebody steals your tires and you're screwed. You can have the nicest car in the world with four brand new tires. Your engine poops out on you and you're screwed. Like well, this you're is screwed a stupid argument. Way. Let's just get a new car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I agree. But if you have to choose between one or the other, like it, it's kind but of. But that's like, the thing. Is we. Sh- you shouldn't they have to shouldn't choose, between, have one or the to choose other. between one or the other because good programs, programs in the Big 12, to Sharon's point, the ones that when you get there are going to be laughing at you because of the state of DFA and the program, they have both. Spin zone. Home court advantage. Play, no chance. Uh, opposing. Just let me, let me cook. Let me cook, okay? I'm in Michael Crow's office and he asks me, Eric, I need you to put, put this fire out, okay? Mm-hmm. Let me cook. The fire that is Arizona State. The fire that Larry Larry and George set. Okay, Okay, let's see it. You want to throw opposing teams off their game? Okay, you got a Kansas coming in here. You got a got got some good teams coming in here, man. Mm -hmm. And they're all used to these nice, cushy, oh, good amenities. Oh, a nice gym to work out, running water. Oh, so nice. You come to Tempe, you're with the dogs, man. You don't get no run. You're you're running water is ice cold, ice cold, and it's 115 degrees outside. Can't even heat up a little bit. You don't even get a locker. You just get a room, an empty white room. You come out on the court, it's slippery. It hasn't been swept in years. Like, you know, it's it's a home court advantage. And the Sun Devils, you know, they'll be used to playing on it. How is that? I don't know, dude. It's bullshit. Are you okay? bringing in, like, the elements? Like, the elements of college basketball? Or all of a sudden, like, you might as well just make it <laughs> gotta, an outdoor court. Just make the- it an outdoor court where it rains <laughs> and it's 110 fucking degrees outside. Hey, at the, that point. The courts of the SDFC are nice. Yeah, I know. They're, They're nice. nicer than DFA. They're nice. I, I, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've played basketball on both of them, and I actually don't disagree with that. It's crazy. I don't disagree with the fact that the courts of the SDFC And if are it's about better. money, people will show up to a new arena. You just don't need to make it as big. Sharon brings it up. Look at what happened to hockey when Mullet exploded, right? People weren't packing ASU hockey games before Mullet Arena, okay? They weren't uh, doing no, it. No, they. Uh, what was it Oceanside? They yeah. were pretty sold. Not no, to that but was, extent. But there was but they didn't have that many seats. That yeah, there was like a hundred. That's seats. what I'm saying. <laughs> Build the fucking arena and people will come. That's what I'm saying. Nobody is at DFA for a reason, cause it sucks. Yes, the product is what it is. ASU hockey. Yes, they were good. Were they all world fucking champs before the new arena? No. But they got Mullet Arena, people want to show up. That impacts the team when you got sellouts, when the student section is there night in and night out. Yes, ASU basketball, they're not world beaters right now. But do you have world beaters playing at uh, just a, a bum court like DFA? A bum arena? No. Give them the opportunity to try and succeed with a nice home court. I got a way to fix this. Oh, do the you? Is that going to give you a no, an engine? And hey, no, 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 hang on. The three of us dress up like ghosts. And we hide in the rafters. And we pretend the place is haunted. I'll haunt that it shit for two years. I'll haunt yeah. that shit for two years. I'll chuck a shoe at somebody on the court. <laughs> you just like... Eventually, wearing, they're going to be like, man, this isn't safe anymore. Wearing sheets? Yeah, this is going to be safe anymore. I feel like what you could just do is get a really big ladder and climb to the top and just start jumping around and eventually something, RKO, bad. something guys. bad's going to happen. <laughs> Something bad's gonna and happen. Running off the court afterwards. There's only one good thing about DFA, and that's the sponsor. But like, you know, we're we're we are 
we're mad over here, man. We're mad in Toe Tree. We need to chill out. How, you know, do, you, yeah. how do you chill out I, on a, on an average day? Like you leave this show. How do I chill out? Yeah. How you just you just screamed for an hour and a half mm-hmm. straight because you screamed before and after the show too. Yeah. And you go home. You sit your butt on the couch. What do you do to relax? Oh geez. Oh geez. Hands. It's not a bad choice. Down. Look, I was talking earlier in the office that I was watching TV shows. I watch TV shows mm-hmm. uh, with my roommate. We just rewatched New Girl on the Game and Game of Thrones and watching those shows sober for the first time is awesome but i'll tell you what you turn on game of thrones after you've taken an ogs or two my goodness are you thankful that you don't live in medieval times man that's that's all i'm gonna say okay ogs intensifies the experience of watching the everyday television show and it sparks questions in your mind that maybe you wouldn't have necessarily thought of ogs guys whether you're taking them for the effect or the flavor they have a million and five different options for you and they've just launched two new products made with live rosin rso um the ogs naturals and the big ogs live rosin for me it is tell, the, tell me what is, how does it feel different it's how does the it feel equivalent different than of a home run okay okay when you have live rosin you don't need nearly as much like that you are ingesting and it when i tell you it is a home run it is something that you just have to try Oh, okay. I've tried it, brother. You just have to give it a shot. And like I said, they've got so many different flavors. There is something for everybody at OG's. And to learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them, head on over to ogsbrands.com. And listen, we're talking about renovating. We're talking about, you know, ASU needing to get a new basketball court, maybe need to get some new flooring. I think they need to hit up our friends over at Empire today because they redid the flooring in the big boy studio that we're only allowed to go in once a week uh, because we just, we need it. We need to work. It's earned, big boy. it's earned not given over in Studio A. And part of that is because of the new flooring that Empire today put in there. We're super careful now. Like we used to be dragging our, our furniture around there. Now we're, we're picking it up. We're gently putting it down because it looks so nice. And I'm so waiting for the day i'm waiting for the day where i can have a house of my own and i can look and i can use empire today's convenient floor visualizer and i can say what do i want and how can they help me get there and if you go to empiretoday.com phnx you can get 350 dollars off your new flooring of course there's imitators there's people who say they do the same thing as empire today but listen i've been hearing these commercials since i was a kid like they've been around they know what they're doing it's a well-oiled machine and you can get it for a lot cheaper than some other people simply because you are listening or watching this show right now they pride themselves on their convenient shop at home service they help customers shop for floors when they use their floors exactly how they see them listen They have their own warranties. If an issue does arise, you just call them and they service all of it themselves. I know how frustrating that can be if you have a product that maybe isn't exactly what you imagined it could be. And Empire Today is going to do everything they can to get that for you. But if for some reason it doesn't meet it, they're going to be happy to work with you and to get you the best case scenario. You can schedule a free F-R-E-E in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive a $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX. Some restrictions apply, so head on over to empiretoday.com slash PHNX to get all the details. Sharon in the chat, 2024 goals, more time in Studio A for Toe Tree. That's true. I don't know if Toe Tree likes Studio Does Eric, A I don't like being in Studio A by myself. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a bit uncomfortable. Not as uncomfy as other places, but I will say that Studio A is definitely my favorite, to be honest with you. I just I just love it. You, you get a different feeling when you're in Studio A. Yeah. Like, like, like you this, said, I feel like a big boy. I, we feel, everybody in here, you know, we feel it's like comfortable, it's nice. Like it, it's just, it's a different feel. I wouldn't say it's better or worse. Each studio has its different. own perks, right? Yeah. Studio B, I feel like 
is is the the consistent spot that you're at, right? It's it's your home court. This is this is my home court. Studio A, I feel like I'm in the big leagues. Okay. Do you feel like you could recruit more people? I feel like I could definitely recruit more people in Studio A. Absolutely. That's that's the place where I'm bringing recruits that are going on and like they're they're going to Kansas. They're I mean, going. If, to, we, if we bring people into the office, we are saying, hey, yep, that's Studio B, and right over here is yeah. uh, Studio A. It's just it, it's the big boy studio. But there's it's not. Look, I love this. I love this. And in the mini bar, the Four Peaks mini bar, that is like my home away from home. That's like, you know what I mean? That's like for, for Arizona fans. It's your lake house. Yeah, it's my lake, lake house. house. Exactly. For the Arizona fans, right? They got McHale North where, they, where they're always in Vegas for their T-Mobile arena. That's like the equivalent for me. That's my home away from home is over there. I like it when we get real cozy in there. I like when a two-man show in the Four Peaks mini bar. There's no better yeah. place to be. Nice and warm. You and me nice are, and, you, nice we're, and we're, warm. we're snuggling. Thighs touching thighs, man. Like it's just it's it's the way that it goes oh, in the Four yeah. Peaks mini bar. I went from That's a new slogan. Let's write that down. Thighs thighs. No, thighs. it's not. That is not our new slogan. You fucking you take that back immediately. <laughs> My thigh has never it. touched your thigh. He is Eric. happily engaged to Damon. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's that's fair. That's fair. I just I just again, my thigh has never touched your thigh, Eric. For the record. For, For the, the record. record. For the record, put it out there. Speedo okay. and all. Can okay. we talk about something positive? Yeah, let's talk please. ASU football. Please. Let's talk ASU football please. for a quick second here. Did you know that no more Arizona State football players are expected to enter the portal? Let's go. You know what that means? What does that mean? That means that Cameron Scadaboo and Elijah Badger are going to be Sun Devils in 2024. pretty good. It's crazy. The best two players on the team... And I don't think you could argue that. I don't think you could argue that those were Arizona State's most valuable players in 2023. They're being retained, and they will be Sun Devils in 2024. That is massive, at least up until spring ball, right? After spring ball, portal opens again. These guys can can opt to, to leave if they'd like. But I, I feel very confident that these two guys are coming back to ASU. And you look at the evolution that you want to see from ASU's offense in 2024, obviously with a new OC, they're getting some new weapons. They're bolstering that offensive line. And the fact of the matter is you are retaining a wide receiver that will play on Sundays at some point in his career. And you retain your workhorse running back that can quite literally do it all. It's huge. Huge for the program. I mean, this is an unofficial Eric Ruby stat of the day. But Cam Scadaboo was a top five in terms of percentage of production for college football teams. Like, as far as how much does your offense produce and how much does one player contribute to it? This is a completely made-up stat. But if I said it without (laughs) saying that, you would believe me, would you not? I I don't know. Are you the one telling me? You're no, the, like somebody trustworthy, like oh, like with okay. stats, like Gerald or Jesse is saying. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Not no, me. I trust that. Not yeah. me. I I understand. No, I question immediately everything you tell me. Yeah, listen, I. That's, that's honestly, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, a these are guys that when you get get through the mud that was this past season and you have a bunch of new players coming in, it's really important to have some holdovers to kind of like establish that groundwork and to yeah. carry over. Like the the I hate saying the word vibe. There's got to be another way for it. But like the way that this um the way that this program is operating from here on out started last year like the foundation was built last year and you don't want all of those guys to be gone and as much as we don't blame or hold any ill will towards Conyers or Clark or Green for leaving um it's nice to see guys stay yeah especially like you said two two of the best if not the best players on the team two of the better players in the entire conference at their positions and 
Now they have reinforcements in the rooms. Uh, like the running back room is completely stacked. Yeah. Completely stacked. Badger's probably going to be able to focus a little bit more on being a wide receiver and just be used in, in touches as a return man with Relique here as well. They're going to be able to be more concentrated. They're going to be able to be more focused on their position. And they're going to be in a better situation overall with a team that's going to get more wins. And you're changing conferences. You're in the second year of a new head coach. You're changing coordinators. You're on the up and up. You you want guys to be there who were there when it wasn't great and still fought through. Because there's there's a certain character that comes with that. And it's nothing against the guys transferring here. It's just the truth. Like if you were here and you stuck it out, you bring a different perspective than somebody who's going to come this year when different type of success is going to follow. So I was so happy what I saw this news today. And it's not just them. Like it's not just those two guys, but those are the two huge names that, I mean, you've been saying it. Uh, basically the entire offseason is that you expect those guys to stay. Like there was never a sign anywhere that EK or Scat were gone. Yeah, I think for me it was oh it was less of them transferring and more of you know do they want to go to the league? Because I think even if Scat doesn't get drafted, he'll find a home on an NFL roster. I think that's that's been shown through hit through like I mean his tape and what he's been able to do the last couple of seasons, not just at least as a punter. Absolutely, Uh, Randolph. Randolph in the chat uh, does bring up the fact that Josiah Cox entered the portal today. No, that is absolutely true. That is the last player that I um, is expected to enter the portal. It's kind of sucks because yesterday I did the too deep for Arizona State predictions, and I had Josiah Cox um, as a a second teamer, Um, but. You know, obviously, this is a kid that I think really wants to make some noise at the safety position. Um, and Sharon brings it up, something that we were talking about in the diehard discord earlier. ASU just does have a, a lot of safeties going into next season um, that you feel like are certainly worthy of getting playing time. You've got a guy like Montana Warren going into year two. He was going to get some run last year, ended up getting hurt. You're bringing back Xavier Alford, who, you know, this year is eligible because of the whole NCAA thing. You're bringing back Shamari. Um, and then you added Kamari Wilson in the portal. So there's just not a whole lot of room at that position for guys that want to come in and contribute immediately. So I understand why he entered the portal, but kind of getting back to, you know, EK and Cam and Jaden and some of these other guys, right. you're keeping a, a lot of really core players, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, that are going to have a giant impact for the Sun Devils in 2024. Yeah, I, I'm really excited. I think both of those players will get better. I, I think EK and Scat are going to just get better with better talent around them. I'm excited to see uh, whether it is Sam or Jaden at quarterback. I, I, right now, I'm going to assume that it's Jaden mm-hmm. just because he has been here. He'll probably understand the system better and not that if he plays bad that Sam can't take his job. I'm, I'm just personally, I'm go- going into this offseason. I'm going to go into spring ball, and I'm going to go into the summer assuming that if all goes right, Jaden Rashad is going to be the quarterback for this team. Yeah. And what we saw with him is that he has this big play potential, right? But it was hard to get that out of him when A, no offensive line to speak of for a variety of different reasons, and B, the amount of weapons he has was not on the same level as it will be this upcoming year. But now, Elijah Badger's not going to have all the attention of the defense when he's out there. He just simply can't. Cam Scadaboo simply cannot demand all the attention like he did when he was out there. Well, they're getting better, right? Like, you didn't see in the portal ASU adding a whole lot of pieces offensively, and that's because you're returning guys, right? Like, their wide receiver room is, is so, so 
stacked with EK you're getting Xavier Guillory back and I think he needs to make a jump but even if Xavier Guillory doesn't take a jump and he kind of keeps the role he has you're bringing back Troy O'Meara who had a really really solid end of the season for Arizona State you're returning Melquan Stovall and then most importantly you're getting hopefully knock on wood a full season out of Jordan Tyson who was just a couple years ago Colorado's best offensive player and you get Jake Smith, who right. didn't play last season because of the NCAA. Shout out the NCAA, we're back right. when we started. So now you've got four or five guys that you feel confident in that can go out there and contribute. And that is without even mentioning the fact that Arizona State added guys from early signing period in the class of 2024. That goes without any of the guys that were young bucks last season growing and improving and eventually working in the rotation as well, right? So the ASU offense will look different in 2024, but not even because they went and added players, more so because you're just getting guys back, right, with a fresh start. And I think that is really, really important for Arizona State moving into the Big 12 and then obviously um, just in year two of the Dillingham era. And hopefully just a better offensive line. And I mean, this is not something you can control. It's not something you can train or you can practice for, but you got to hope that the injury luck with this team is just a little yeah. bit better in this upcoming season. And and if all goes right, I mean, you can call us homers all you want. Like these takes are coming from like being extremely familiar with this team. And it does appear like they have a majority of the pieces to probably be a uh, one of the better offenses in the Big 12 next year, maybe on the top half, if everything breaks right, if Jaden Rashada hits his potential, if Cam Scadaboo continues to be incredible in multiple facets of offense, if Elijah Badger can go off and cement himself as a mid to early round pick in the NFL draft, plus a handful of the transfers working out, like if you just add Relique in there, a speed guy, yeah. and, and he works out like that. That is already a three-headed monster dynamic on offense by a quarterback that can also move and that can sling it downfield. That should get better in his second year around the program and in college football in general. With a point to prove, everybody on this team is going to want to prove a point. So I, I, I still need to see it. I still need to see all the pieces come together and work out and 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 all of that mesh. But I believe in Kenny. I believe in their offense, and I do think that eventually, given some time, by the end of next season, we're going to see this this thing click. And when we do, with the type of plays that Kenny was calling at the end of this season, I'm very excited to see what he draws up and what they're able to get out of these guys. And if they're able to get a lot out of them, then more people are going to want to come to ASU, and it's just a snowball, and it's just rolling. Look, everybody's going to want to talk about the big plays, right? And those will come, but I'll tell you, this team and Kenny want to get better running the football. And that's what you can expect to see in 2024 is an emphasis to run the football on first down to make second and third down that much easier for you. Yeah. And you do that by keeping Cam Scadaboo. You add guys on the offensive line. You bring in Relique Brown, a change of pace guy. You still have DeCarlos Brooks. You add a, a Jason Brown Jr., right? You add and, and retain some of these running backs. And people talk about the depth that ASU has at running back. If you look at Kenny Dillingham's success year over year in his offenses, yes, the quarterbacks are fun to watch. Yes, 
the offensive line is able to keep the quarterback upright. But nine times out of 10, Kenny Dillingham offenses are top 10 in the nation when it comes to running the football. Not something that ASU did very well last season. There's going to be an emphasis on running the football a whole hell of a lot better in 2024. What's going to be great is the fact that there will be a very big emphasis on running the football, just like there was last year. But this past season, like, yes, it's Kenny's trademark, but it still was out of necessity. Yeah. Right, like you were running everything through Cam Scadaboo, sometimes way more than he should have on his plate, purely out of necessity. When it becomes an option, and it becomes one not only thing that the defense that you're facing has to think about, that opens up so much room to be more creative, to use your running backs in a different way. And I think Kenny's the type of dude to come in and be like, okay, I have like 50 different options for what I can do depending on a defense that I see. And I'm just going to throw something random out there because now you have to worry about the outside. You have to worry about the wide receivers. You have to worry about all of that. So I'm excited. We still have to see it. Like we still have to see all of it. Yeah. on the field to see if it works Look, out. Look, there's some exciting and unique things that Arizona State's offense is going to do in 2024. Maybe not as exciting as some of the things that we're doing here yes, at sir. PHNX. We've got a PHNX, PHNX Suns watch-along tomorrow. The Suns taking on the Miami Heat. Join our crew for the next PHNX Suns watch-along. Like I said, tomorrow, going to give live reactions and commentary while watching the game. I'm always looking forward to other people getting the opportunity to see how the Suns folks watch their games because it is certainly unique. That is the way that uh, I would call it, and it's always fun to see Espo and Saul's live reactions to the funny, random shit that this Suns team has opted to do this season. It's going to be my first uh, my first live watch-along since being here. I'm very excited for that. I'll be running it, so it should be a Let's fun go. time. Um, and we've got a lot of other stuff yeah. coming up as well. I mean, this is a packed month for the Suns, and it's a big one as far as the season goes because it's kind of it's not make-or-break time, but you really want to put a run in here uh, if you want to get in good position before the All-Star break. On January 16th, we've got a takeover presented by Illegal Pizza and Michelob Ultra. You get a game ticket, and plus you get to go pre-game meet us at the desmond we're gonna have food we're gonna have drink and of course you have to pay for the ticket and either to get into the game and to come get the food and the drink but once you're there you're taken care of you get to chop it up with all the sun so you can chop it up with myself you know you can hit everybody else up and be like oh yeah and eric's here too i'll go say hi to eric as well you can do all of that and uh we got a got a lot of takeovers coming up so 16th is the next one the next month on the 14th we have one against the pistons and then on in march and the third we have one against the thunder you can check out the show notes or visit gophnx.com to grab your tickets today it's going to be a ton of fun and we're doing something new also a this month putting party putting party and uh we went there at uh at putting world for our meeting uh about a month or two ago and uh it was really cool I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm absolutely looking forward to it. And you guys can join us, like Eric said, for our first ever putting party at Putting World presented by Michelob Ultra. January 24th, it is going to be an absolute blast. The Suns take on the Mavs that night. Every ticket includes unlimited beer and wine plus free Wait, say that again? Unlimited beer and wine. It's a good deal. Click the link in the show notes or visit gophnx.com to grab your tickets today. Tony, I expect you there, Tony. I expect 
to see you guys. But that is going to do it for today's PHNX Sun Devil Show. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button on your way out. Like I said, if you're listening on audio, leave a five-star review. Let us know what you enjoyed about the podcast and do us one other favor. Give us a follow on social if you enjoyed the content at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. You can follow me on social at Anthony underscore Toji. You can follow this guy right here at Eric Ruby. That is Eric with a K. And you could follow our lovely DJ Jacob Franklin at Jacob underscore Franklin 4. And we will be back in action Friday. Same time, same place. But in the meantime, guys, go Devils and peace.